1963, a part Russian, part Cherokee drummer named Mel Taylor joins the group. He was one of the best drummers that I've ever heard. At the height of Beatlemania, the Ventures are met at the Tokyo airport by thousands of screaming fans. You couldn't go anywhere. You had to stay in the hotel. There were big crowds outside uh, the hotel. Because they play instrumentals, the Ventures don't have any language barriers to break. So the Tacoma boys outsell the Beatles two to one in Japan. Isn't that amazing? A 1969 hit cover of the Hawaii Five-O theme would be the Ventures' last hurrah in the U.S. But as their star fades stateside, in Japan, the Ventures sell 50 million albums and tour relentlessly. One year, we did 106 concerts in 78 days without a day off. That will do you in. These are two guys. So don't ever say you can't do it. These are two guys who started out as... A bricklayer bought guitars and said, we're going to do it. We're going to simplify it. I was actually a used car salesman, and I was working in a car lot in Seattle. And actually, um, uh, Bob came in to buy a car, my partner of almost 40 years. So I did uh, sell him a car, and we had talked, and I asked him what kind of work he did. And he said he was a bricklayer. And so I said, well, do you think you could get me on where you're working? And he said, well, I'll sure try. And he did. And we'd work uh, eight or ten hours a day. Then we'd go to work at the club and start about nine and wouldn't finish till one. But we really wanted the experience. They paid us practically nothing. But uh, then we got a hold of a bass player and uh, a guy that played lead guitar, he was one of the best lead guitar players in uh, the town that we were living in at the time, which was Tacoma, Washington. And his name was Noki Edwards. This is Don Wilson, the founder of the band, one of those two teenagers talking. He joined us, and we had been playing a song that we picked up in a Chet Atkins album called Walk, Don't Run. And it's an album called Hi-Fi and Focus. And we were in awe of Chet Atkins because he played uh, finger style. And when he played Walk, Don't Run, it was almost jazzy. And uh, a guy named Johnny Smith, who was a jazz guitarist, actually wrote the song. Well, we couldn't play it like that. So what we did is to put it into a, our own style. And we played it with a, a rock beat. And this is what it sounded like. Bob Reisdorf, the, the music producer at the record company, who said, get out of here. This is terrible. The Ventures came, and they played their first record for me. And I said, you know, I, I think you're very good, but this is not, this, is, this isn't it. And uh, uh, suggested they keep doing it and come again. Thank you. 
So who comes to their rescue? Don Wilson's mother. She says, I think you're terrific, as every mother will think their son is, and takes that record to all the radio stations in Tacoma, Washington. Please, play my son's record. I heard on KJR Radio in Seattle this remarkable uh, instrumental. And I said, well, they're bending notes in there, and, you know, they're flat, they're sharp, deliberately, so that you get actually what might be considered grotesque, but somehow utilized in such a way that it was exciting. We had been to Bob with a tape before, and he turned us down. (laughs) The secret was that Don Wilson banged on those strings and made depth, made a third dimension. She came to me, and I listened to it again. You know, she had her demo with her. And I said, this, this is going to be a big hit. Do you, are you know, do you know that? She said, really? And I said, this is going to be possibly number one in the country. I said, it's what I have been waiting for. And guess what? It gets released and goes so quickly up the charts, they don't even have their pictures on the cover of the album. The record company quickly prints an album without them. So he sent it down to Liberty Records, and the president of Liberty Records says, no, I don't think it's a hit, although it was climbing the charts in Seattle, but only Seattle. So uh, he said, uh, uh, Mr. Reisdorf said, well, I'll guarantee it. If it doesn't make it, I'll pay the cost of the promotion and pressing and whatever else was involved. And uh, it wound up going to number two in the nation. What we learn from the ventures is you can create a third dimension, even as Bob Reisdorf says, bending the strings to the point of being almost grotesque. But that's actually how you give depth to that mundane song. We learn from Kobe Bryant to go into what he calls a third dimension, an emotional space, so he can focus and do things that other people can't do. That's the secret. I could look at an x-ray. I can look at a CAT scan. I could look at an MRI. It's a piece of paper. It's a sheet. It's on a screen on the computer. It's two-dimensional. But when you've got a complicated surgery to do, our bodies are three-dimensional. And that's when I can use a 3D modeling to build a replica of your arm, your leg, your hip, your ankle, and actually be able to see the pathology as I'm going to see it in surgery. It's an awesome technology, 3D printing. And at 8.15, we'll talk to Brian Crutchfield, an expert. And coming up next, we'll do some Clapper Vision. I want to talk about Max Muncie and Russell Wilson. But more importantly, I want to talk about the Weekend Warrior. You guys. So give me a call. The clinic will be open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly here, Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! 
Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.